Welcome back to the Most Accurate Podcast. My name is Anthony Stalter, joined as always by John Paulson, 444.com. We appreciate everybody joining us again. It's it's week, what, five now in the NFL, which this is, it's crazy. John, we're already into October. And uh, if if any indication, if the rest of the season is any indication of what we saw on Thursday night, I don't, I don't know how exciting it's going to be from a fantasy perspective, unless you just load your team up with the best kickers. Yeah, I mean, it looked like I made a good decision not to watch the game. I, I was going to turn it on if it was looking interesting or good. It was close game, so there's that. But I, all I did was uh, check the scores. I checked it on Twitter. Everybody was complaining about the game, so I just, uh, I just uh, watched uh, Welcome to Wrexham with my wife and had a good time. There you go. Yeah, it it was not it was not pretty whatsoever. But we will get into John's Thursday night takeaways. This week's biggest fantasy storylines, one of the big ones involves a lot of tight ends that are banged up right now. And we do have the sleeper sneaky start of the week. I actually nailed that one this time, John. Very nice. I don't want to jinx myself, but regular regular listeners slash watchers have known that I've hacked that up. Uh, I love sleeper. For some reason, I want to combine sleeper and sneaky and make sleepy, but I'm going to try not to do that today. So we got all of that coming up. And of course, the breakout receiver model, which I believe, John, and maybe you can give us an update. I believe that this that, that breakout model did pretty well last week, uh, if I remember correctly. So we'll get into all that. But I do want to start off with your takeaways from last night. Again, unless you had the under on basically every prop except something that involves a kicker, you probably weren't too happy watching that game. It was a lot of ugly football. No Jonathan Taylor for the Colts. Uh, but I know that one thing that you wanted to highlight was Denver's Denver's backfield situation with Javante Williams out. Yeah, this has been a uh, multiple questions this week in our four for four Discord uh, on Twitter, uh, discussing it on Wednesday with John Daigle and Sam Hoppin. Um, you know what is going to happen with this uh, Javante Williams injury? What does that lead to? Uh, we saw last night with Latavius Murray. Uh, just too quick of a turnaround trying to come back from London and get ready to play in this game. Um, I call this the looking for his apartment week. Uh, he's, he's probably not going to, to play, and he didn't, uh, especially with a Thursday uh, kickoff. Uh, so we got a lot of uh, Melvin Gordon, uh, 18 touches. He went over 100 total yards, did not score a touchdown. Obviously, nobody scored a touchdown. Uh, but Mike Boone rotated in for 10 uh, touches, Did was pretty productive in his touches as well. So you know, right now that's what we have. I think when you get Latavius Murray, I mean, this is a nice audition for for Boone. Uh, I mean, unless he had to look at his pass blocking numbers, if he, unless he blew a block or something, he looks like he did pretty well in his uh, ten touch role. Um, they signed Latavius uh, as depth, but you know, I think those of us who've been around and remember Latavius Murray's uh, fantasy value over the years, he looked pretty good. Um, in London and uh, you know, he's got a pretty good chance to usurp uh, Boone. And uh, as long as Melvin Gordon doesn't fumble the ball, I think he's the lead back in that, in that backfield. What did you make of Indy's backfield without Jonathan Taylor? Yeah, we lost Naheem Hines immediately. Like this was his chance to carry the load. He got concussed. I hope he's okay. Um, But you know, these first quarter injuries are just killer for your fantasy squads. And uh I think the interesting thing looking at this backfield heading into this game is we just didn't know Deion Jackson versus Philip Lindsay, how the uh, team viewed Deion Jackson as like an actual running back versus a spe- just a special teamer. Because sometimes that third 
running back that's active is just active for for special teams, and then they uh, will elevate a guy from the practice squad in this situation with Taylor out, and that player will be kind of deemed the better runner and will kind of take over uh, the number two spot behind Hines in this situation. So I was curious to see, like, would it be Lindsey? Would it be Deion Jackson? And you look at Deion Jackson uh, over at Player Profiler, and he's like 220 uh, and really athletic and uh, has a nice profile. So it turned out that he is the lead back or the third back, I guess, uh, with Hines and Taylor both out. He ended up with a 13 carry, 62 yards, 4.8 yards per carry, uh, four catches for 29 yards. One of the bright spots for that offense. Uh, Lindsey did uh, get 11 carries and three uh, catches so he had 14 touches a pretty healthy uh, backfield for that uh, for the Colts so I think uh, you know probably Jonathan Taylor might be back next week um, this week was definitely pushing it and he didn't make it back uh, and, and then Hines probably will be back next week with a concussion he's got 10 days to, to recover so we'll see uh, how we're heading into uh, week six with this backfield all right not much else to break down unless John you've been studying you know a lot of uh, kicker mechanics and you want to break down the, the two kickers from last night. Uh, if not, we'll move on to this week's biggest fantasy storylines. And let's start off with the tight end position because there's a couple of inter- interesting injuries to follow. One that, that we followed all week has been Kyle Pitts. The other one just happened recently. But let's start off with Kyle Pitts. Did not practice again on Thursday. Did not practice on Wednesday. He's dealing with a hamstring injury. And, and John, as you know, hamstring injuries tend to be a little tricky, especially when it comes to forecasting whether or not a, a guy is going to play. But let's start off with Kyle Pitts. If, if he practices Friday, great. But what if he doesn't practice today? Yeah, Kyle Pitts, Gerald Everett, and then Dawson Knox uh, was also ruled out just this morning. So uh, what I'm going to do is just kind of give listeners, viewers, all of my sneaky starts for the tight end position because people are scrambling trying to find uh, players to play. If Pitts plays, you got to play him. Uh, I mean, unless you have a, a really top-notch um, option. Um, Everett, maybe Donald Parham, but it's actually been Trey uh, McKittle. Not McKittle. What's the guy's name that's been playing behind? Bear with me, folks, as I vamp. Trey McKitty. The new is something, mix something. Uh, he's been playing. Uh, Parham has been injured, but we'll see how you know he's able to to get going. And if Everett's out, then you might have an interesting play there. But not really sure who's the number two there right this moment. So, you know, looking at some other options, um, I don't know if Logan Thomas is available. Probably in shallower leagues, uh, he's got the 29th rated, uh, 29th adjusted fantasy points allowed to tight ends, uh, Tennessee matchup. He's got uh, target counts of 6, 3, 5, and 6 over the last four games, 13-month targets. targets. Hayden Hurst might be out there. Baltimore's been a pretty good matchup for tight ends. He's uh, 21 targets in four games. Uh, Juwan Johnson, um, I think, and Taysom Hill, lesser extent Taysom Hill uh, with Alvin Kamara likely back. But Juwan Johnson, uh, Seattle's 32nd adjusted fantasy points allowed to tight ends. They just gave up... uh, 179 yards and two touchdowns to TJ Hawkinson when the Lions really didn't have too many other weapons. Uh, they did give up five, uh, Kyle Pitts' best game, 5 for 87 to Kyle Pitts. Uh, Hunter Henry is sort of interesting. You got to keep an eye on Janu Smith. Uh, if Janu's back, then I'm not as high on uh, Hunter Henry. But if uh, Janu sits, then you know Hunter Henry playing 80, 90% of the snaps against the Lions is not a bad uh, you know player to roll out there in a situation like this. Uh, Will Disley 
uh, believe it or not, we're talking about Will Disley, Anthony, but he has got a touchdown and 34 plus yards in three of his four games. He has a goose egg in the other game, so he has a low floor, but uh, he's a favorite uh, red zone touchdown target for Geno Smith, who's playing well. And then finally, uh, not not finally, but another guy, Cade Otten, uh, rookie for the uh, for the Buccaneers. Uh, if Cameron Brait is out, he's got a, had a concussion. But if he's you know if he's back, then obviously you can't really play Cade Otten. But if if Braid is out, then Otten looks like a decent start. Twenty fifth and just a fancy points allowed to uh, tight ends. The Falcons are. Uh, they gave up nine to nine for ninety one to Cleveland last week, tight ends, and then nine for one hundred five and a touchdown to Seattle tight ends the week before, and then finally because uh, of the Dawson Knox news, the backup there uh, is Quinton Morris. Uh, he's I think he came out in twenty twenty one in the draft. Uh, Pittsburgh is nineteenth in adjusted fantasy points allowed to to tight ends, and the reason I'm mentioning Morris is that he's decently athletic and a decent pass catcher and you know the the bills are kind of down bad right now at receiver so there might be a few more targets available for the tight end all right moving to the bills wide receiver situation so it's not just the tight end dawson knox that's banged up isaiah mckenzie remains in concussion protocol according to bills head coach sean mcdermott you've also got gabe davis that continues to be gimpy and then khalil shakir uh, is also dealing with a, a potential injury. So when when you're dealing when you're looking at this wide receiver group for the Bills, uh, Jake Kumaro also I, I don't think he practiced earlier this week, so you, you might as well throw him in there too. Uh, John, how, what do you what do you make? What is this? Just I mean, obviously it's not like you're not going to start start Stephon Diggs, but is there anybody else in that group that you'd be considered that would would you, that you would consider streaming? I should say. Yeah, I mean, I think you can start Gabe Davis. He's looking a little better in practice. I don't think he's 100%, um, but in this situation, the, the Steelers 26 and just a fantasy point stalled to receivers. Uh, the the team's not very healthy at receiver. Uh, so, I, I mean, you're not confident in Gabe Davis right now. You'd like to be able to bench him and see uh, a week or two of good production before you put him back in. Um, and then I think after that, if, if McKenzie is active then i think he's a quality start uh, i've got khalil shakir right now at wide receiver 48 and half ppr uh under you know with the understanding that he's probably the uh starting uh slot receiver if mckenzie has to sit uh if mckenzie plays then i think i'll have uh him higher than where i have shakir so i probably ha- will have him in the you know mid 30s to mid 40s uh he's had some good games uh even playing limited snaps and sharing time with um, Jamison Crowder, who's definitely going to be out. He fractured his ankle. Um, so if we can get McKenzie into a 70, 80, per, you know, percent snap roll, then I think we're going to get some really good production out of him, but it might not uh, happen until uh, next week. If, if McKenzie can't get cleared this week. All right, John, moving into storyline number three, let's stay with wide receivers. Rashad Bateman of the Ravens, he's dealing with a foot injury. He remains sidelined at practice on Thursday, not looking good. Sunday night is the game for the Ravens. So if you got Rashad Bateman and you want to play him, you're, you're looking at kind of a, a time crunch here. If, if he doesn't, if Rashad Bateman doesn't at least get, I don't know, maybe even a limited session in on Friday, which would be today, Devin Duvernay, talk, talk to us about him. He's, he's kind of been... You know, I know he had one big week, and he also had one 
one game where we returned a kickoff for a touchdown, but obviously you don't. That, that doesn't matter from a fantasy perspective. You're just talking about him as a wide receiver. But Devin Duvernay, do you look at him maybe as a streaming option this week? Yes, I think uh, with uh, you know assuming uh, Bateman is out, I think that uh, Duvernay is a reasonable pivot. Uh, I don't think I'll have him as ranked as high as where I typically have uh, Bateman, which would be probably the 20s right now, uh, half PPR. But if you look at uh, DuVernay so far this season, he obviously had a huge week one, four for 54 and two touchdowns on four targets, uh, two for 42 on two targets uh, in week two, two for 25 and a touchdown on two targets uh, in week three and uh, against Buffalo, four for 51 on five targets. So the reason I mention all that is because he's caught 12 of 13 targets for 172 yards and two and three touchdowns. So I think he is a, uh, a legitimate sneaky start if if Bateman sits. Uh, even if Bateman plays, I guess you could argue that DuVernay might have some upside if Bateman has a setback or can't play a full complement of snaps. The only problem here is that the Bengals are third in just fantasy points allowed to receivers, but I don't know that that matters a whole lot if if Bateman sits. You know, this passing attack really funnels through two players typically, and um, you know we it's been a little bit different this year because DuVernay has been so productive in his targets, but if it's DuVernay and Andrews, I think he's likely to have a pretty good game. All right. The Patriots will likely be without Matt Jones until week six at the earliest. He's still hobbling around on a bad ankle. That means rookie Bailey Zappi will also play. Uh, he was, he was rushed into action last week when Brian Hoyer got hurt and, and Zappi played very well against your Packers. At least the Patriots did a nice job managing the game. I mean, it's not like he went out there and uh, slung it all over the yard like he was Aaron Rodgers, but they did a nice job managing the game. He made plays in the passing game. Uh, the running game was pretty good. But when you look at the Patriots and some of their skill position players with Bailey Zappi in, John, what do you what do you think? What's What's kind of the domino effect there? Yeah, and I think we'll talk a little bit about a couple of sneaky starts later in the in the podcast stream. But uh, as for Zappy, I think he does sap a little bit of the. You know, you'd rather have Mac Jones in there and have them running a normal sort of offense where they throw the ball a certain amount of times and are a threat for 200, 250 yards passing. I don't know that Zappy is. Maybe this week against the Lions because the Lions defense is not good, but uh, he is. I guess sort of a sneaky start from that aspect because the matchup is so good and the Lions are bound to put up some points. And if the, if the Patriots can't control the Lions offense, then they're going to have to throw the ball a little bit more than they want to. But you look at the box score last week and he was sort of thrust into this situation, but 10 for 15, 99 yards and a touchdown, pretty good quarterback rating. Um, all things considered, he didn't run the ball at all. He's supposed to have a little bit of uh, speed or ability to take off and run. But looking at his college stats, it, it doesn't look like he ran very often. Um, so you're probably looking at a pocket passer and a really run-heavy uh, game plan for the Patriots. They're, they're going to try to muck this game up and keep it low scoring if they can and, and run the ball quite a bit. Uh, so I wouldn't, you know, I don't know that we're really in a position to trust too many of these pass catchers for the Patriots. Nelson Aguilar had four targets, 46 yards. Uh, Devontae Parker caught a touchdown, 24 yards and a touchdown. Bourne had 23 yards receiving. Uh, pretty ugly uh, box score due to the low yardage for uh, Bailey Zappi. All right, we'll do kind of a week five injury roundup right now. I'll throw a couple of names at you. David Montgomery, running back for the Bears, back at practice. He was limited on Thursday. Amon Ra uh, St. Brown is, I believe he returned to practice. I think it, I think it I saw that just as we were coming on. 
So it looks like St. Brown, John, is going to play this weekend against New England. Um, by the way, oh, but, okay, so a couple of updates here. Amon Ross St. Brown returned to practice on Friday. Kyle Pitts is not practicing today. So going back to a previous discussion that we had on Kyle Pitts, things do not look good for, for Kyle Pitts with that hamstring, but it looks like a game-time decision for him. Um, but again, St. Brown did practice. Swift did not practice on Thursday. He's looking doubtful. C.D. Lamb held out for precautionary re reasons. Kadarius Toney and then Kenny Galladay both out to the Giants wide receiver situation. Again, a mess. Uh, just kind of a injury roundup for you, John. Uh, other thoughts there? Yeah, so I'm looking at the St. Brown news as well. Uh, according to uh, Field Yates, uh, Dan Campbell says uh, that St. Brown will practice today for the first time this week to be determined if he plays on Sunday. Uh see if he has a shot to play. Um, so we'll see how it goes. This is a good sign. Uh, certainly you'd rather have him out there trying to uh, practice on Friday versus just sitting out and then hoping he can somehow be active on Sunday. Uh, so this affects a number of things. If he's back, then, um, you know, Tom Kennedy is back to the bench. Uh, Josh Reynolds, I was blanking on Josh Reynolds' name. I actually started him in our league last year, uh, last week. <laughs> Josh Reynolds, you know, wouldn't be as appealing of a start because, you know, St. Brown comes back in and just absorbs a ton of targets. Uh, DJ Chark's also back. So all of a sudden, you know, if this happens uh, for Jared Goff, he's looking uh, more appealing as a, a streamer uh, if he gets, you know, his his favorite slot receiver back. Uh, trusting him, I, I would probably trust him. If he's, if he's available to play, um, I probably would run him out there. He's been so productive when he's been uh, active. Uh, thus far in his career, especially over the last half of last season and then the start of this season. Uh, it just would it definitely impact uh, in a negative manner the uh, upside for uh, Rod, uh, for Reynolds and for DJ Chark. can't believe you keep forgetting Josh Reynolds of all people. Well, let me, oh, yeah, let me comment on those other, other names that you mentioned. I just yeah. kind of got off onto my Detroit receiver uh, spiel there. But David Montgomery didn't sound like too optimistic that he was going to play he just said he was like you know kind of taking it day by day and wanted to be out there playing he says he feels great but we'll see uh so if he's a full practice today then i feel better about him a Khalil herbert uh a great play if montgomery is sidelined if montgomery plays then you might see uh them sort of limit his touches a bit and uh Khalil herbert is a better uh more of a sneaky start uh, flex type play um lamb i'm not worried about it sounds like that's not a big deal and then this this uh Giants uh, receiving core. I don't know that I, I don't know that I can remember in my whatever twenty years of doing this, or at least playing fantasy twenty five years playing fantasy that I, I can't remember a receiving core that is this down bad. Like they already they started the season with just not that much talent, um, very unsettled, uh, and they lost their best guy Sterling Shepard. Uh, Kadarius Tony now has injured his other hamstring. I, I don't think I think I think I saw Wandale Robinson didn't practice today or is you know had a setback. I don't know if it's a setback, but I don't think he practiced today. Kenny Galladay is out, um, and you know Daniel Jones is not the best quarterback as it is, but you know you're just taking away every one of his weapons basically, uh, just really hamstringing him. So it's really going to be I don't know how they're going to try to beat the Packers. I, I think it's going to be Saquon Barkley. Maybe some Del, uh, Bellinger at tight end, um, and then uh, the occasional Richie James, I guess, uh, Sills, Sills, or whoever else yeah. they got. They run yeah, out there. Dude, they, I mean, you know, Slayton 
uh, Darius Slayton, you know, popped his head up a few years ago and has just been in the doghouse, but maybe he gets a chance to play 70, 80% of the snaps this week. Yeah, they're going to run the ball 80 times. <laughs> they're going to run the ball every and, play. You know, that might work because the Packers, you know, they're more vulnerable against the the run than they are the pass, so that might yeah. uh, that might work for them. Yeah, it's going to be the Saquon show, and I think Daniel Jones is going to see a lot of rushing yards as well. All right, let's move forward here. Sleeper is one of the fastest-growing customizable fantasy football platforms in the industry. You can head to sleeper.com or download the latest app today. As, as regular listeners and, and viewers know, John and I use Sleeper in our league that we uh, that we do together, and it's a great site. In fact, right before we came on, I was looking at the Kyle Pitts injury inf- information, and I know I'm going to have to make a move there because I have Kyle Pitts on my team. So it's easy to use. The app is user-friendly, uh, and we, we really like it. We've been using it for the last couple of years. So now it's time for the Sleeper Sneaky Start of the Week. This is John's favorite sneaky start. I nailed it again, John. I'm two for two. Things are rolling now. It's officially week five. It's it's almost like I needed my preseason. You know, the, the teams don't need they, – they really don't have their preseason. So it's like September football winds up being their preseason. It's just like that for me too. Now now the games start to count a little bit more. Uh, but without further ado, who is your sleeper sneaky start of the week? I'm very impressed. You've totally buttoned that up so Thank far. You. I think we're done. <laughs> I think we might be done with that, you having to say that this in this podcast. So I think you got through it. Uh, Robert Woods. Uh, I don't know if he's my favorite sneaky starter of the week, but he is definitely a player that intrigues me, uh, given uh, the Traylon Burks injury. Uh, and then Woods, even without that, uh, prior to the injury, he's kind of come to life. He had four for 85 and on nine targets, and then four for 30 and a touchdown on four targets in the last two weeks. Uh, the commanders, um, are the best matchup of the bunch. They're 31st in just fantasy points allowed to receivers. So I think Bobby trees uh, has another good game this week. All right, let's, let's talk about John's sneaky starts. And this is just, I, I like to remind people, if you go to four from four.com and you are a subscriber, you can get all of John's sneaky starts for the entire week. He lists many t- quarterbacks, tight ends, wide receivers, and running backs as options. This is just kind of a teaser. This is just your appetizer, right? But if you go to four from four.com, and you want to look at all of John's sneaky starts of the week, I highly recommend it. For me, it's a it's a must, it's a go-to each and every week, whether I'm doing the looking at my year-long teams or when it comes to DFS and you're trying to find some values. Uh, there's nobody better in the industry when it comes to sneaky starts and kind of finding guys with value. So, John, with, with that said, why don't we talk about Teddy Bridgewater, who is going to get a start this Sunday against the Jets with the injury, of course, to Tua Tungvaloa. Yeah, and in the article, I like to discuss players that are ranked higher than they normally would be due to either injuries ahead of them or really good matchups or, or something along those lines. And I think the situation with uh, Tua uh, Tungvaloa, uh, he's going to be out. So you've got Teddy Bridgewater uh, stepping in. He's a very capable uh, quarterback, career uh, yards per attempt, I think, of 7.2, 7.3, which is solid. Um Nothing spectacular, but solid. And I think it, you know, better than some of the starting quarterbacks that are out there these days. Uh, he played 61% of the snaps in week four, turned in 193 yards, a touchdown, one pick against the Bengals. Um, I think the reason that he intrigues me is that he's got, you know, Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddell uh, and a very aggressive uh, Mike McDaniel call and plays. Uh, so I think it's a pretty good, uh, 
you know, situation for him to step into. The Jets have allowed 230 yards, 1.8 touchdowns per game. Uh, they're not like an incredible matchup for quarterbacks, but they're kind of mediocre 12th and adjusted fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks. But, but I think, uh, you know, in a situation where you're, you know, kind of struggling a quarterback, you could, you could plug Bridgewater in there and certainly in super flex or two quarterback leagues, he's a, he's a fine start this week. Yeah. I think that that number that you threw out there for yards per attempt is higher, higher than Kyler Murray right now. So uh, you're right. That's a, that's an interesting, that's an interesting nugget. All right. The Detroit Lions, as we know, shredded a week ago by Seattle. They've been shredded all season. So when you're looking at some sneaky starts for this week, how about Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson against the Lions? Yeah, and I, yeah, I alluded to this when we were talking about Mac Jones and, and Bailey Zappi, who might be twins, by the way. They look really similar. I think if Bailey Zappi might come out and they might think it's Mac Jones or vice versa. They definitely could pull some tricks there. Um, but – they're going to really try to go run heavy. They went run heavy against the Packers. I think they're going to continue. They do have a really good running game. They were uh, Their offensive line was just pushing the Packers' defensive line around uh, for most of the game. And, you know, Damian Harris, I think, really turned into a value uh, as the draft season went on because the Ramondre Stevenson hype, which was somewhat justified. I mean, I think we see that he's a good player. Um, but he sort of overtook Harris in the in terms of ADP and Harris was going, you know, eighth, ninth round. And that was too low for, for a guy who's still a starter for the Patriots, still just a great touchdown score. He has scored a touchdown in 13 of his last 15 games and has 17 touchdowns in that span. So you might have a game where he doesn't, you know, he only gets you 67 yards rushing and doesn't score a touchdown and you're disappointed in it. But most of the time he's, you know, he's giving you 67 yards plus a touchdown. And he's a little bit more involved as a receiver this year. Um, and then you look at Stevenson uh, and the way they're going run heavy, he's got 16 and 18 touches in the last two weeks on top of this whole Damian Harris as a starter, you know, plugging away at RB1 numbers. So I, I do think they're trying to hide the the quarterback situation and they can do it against the Lions. They, they're going to run and run and run. And, and the Lions are 31st in adjusted fantasy points allowed to running back. So I, I think both of these guys – are startable. Uh, the Lions have given up 5.31 yards per carry and two touchdowns to running backs this season uh, on average. So this is a, this is a situation where they're both pretty startable as you know RB2s. And then, John, one wide receiver that you want to point out, Noah Brown. Noah Brown has been pretty solid uh, for the Cowboys playing opposite CeeDee Lamb. As we mentioned before, CeeDee Lamb a little banged up, but he was also held out for you know precautionary reasons. It sounds like he will play against the Rams. Uh, but talk to us about Noah Brown. The Rams kind of surprisingly struggling defensively against the passes here. Yeah, they're la or second to last in the league or last in the league in adjusted fantasy points allowed uh, to uh, receivers. Um, yeah, they're showing up 32nd in adjusted fantasy points allowed to receivers. Uh, so, which is surprising. I mean, they have a typically have a pretty good defense. So this is, um, you know, you're not expecting this, but you're looking at Noah Brown this year. You know, even last week, I'll just start there because uh, Michael Gallup was back. He still saw six targets. He caught three for 61, uh, played 79% of the snaps, which is about what he's been playing. Uh, previous week, five for 54 on seven targets. The previous week against Cincy, five for 91 and a touchdown on five targets. And then week one, five for 68 on nine targets. And that was with Dak Prescott uh, and Cooper Rush, I think, in, in that game. But he does have a pretty good rapport with Cooper Rush. And I don't think that he's just going to go away. I think they're running, you know, Gallup out there. They're ramping him up. But uh, Brown has been consistent. And I think, you know, 
you know, looking at some of where my peers have ranked him, I think he's being slept on a little bit this week. So I think he's a he's a good sneaky start against the the Rams, as I mentioned, thirty uh, second in adjusted fantasy points allowed to receivers. All right, let's talk about. We'll wrap up the show here with the breakout receiver model we introduced this last week. Because John, you needed you needed a couple of weeks of data before you started to make some recommendations when it came came to you know certain guys that could be breakouts. So when you're looking at this week's breakout receiver model, and if you want to talk a little bit about last week too, uh, feel free. But uh, looking to this week break breakout receiver model, who stands out? Yeah, you asked about last week, and I don't remember who I discussed in this uh, on this stream. Uh, but Chris Olave was the number one uh, guy in the model, and he I believe we did mention him. Delivered a good game. Uh, Marquise Brown was second. Uh, he had a good game. Uh, Elijah Moore, Terry McLaurin, Cortland Sutton, Deontay Johnson, Kyle Pitts were the next few guys. CeeDee Lamb popped in the model too, and I think he had a good game. So um, this week we have some of the same names because they didn't break out last week. Uh, you know, Olave is still up there, but his expected points. Uh, or 20.5 because of he's he's leading the league in air yardage by a wide margin. Some of those are prairie yards from Jameis Winston. Um, But 20.5 is expected. He scored 14.8. You really can't complain about his production. He's still underperforming based on uh, the usage. Uh, Terry McLaurin, I think, has a chance uh, this week with uh, Jahan Dotson out to have a, a nice game. Um, Elijah Moore, we're sort of in a wait and see uh, with him. Uh, how this is going to shake out with Garrett Wilson and Corey Davis there and uh, Zach Wilson at quarterback. Things have changed a little bit there. Uh, a couple other players I wanted to mention that you don't usually see in this model. Uh, Jamar Chase uh, is popping a little bit. It might be time for him to have a breakout game and find the end zone. Uh, Deontay Johnson uh, is has been underperforming his usage a little bit. Again, that's a, there's a quarterback change there. Uh, so we're not sure exactly how Kenny Pickett's going to approach everything, but uh, his teammate George Pickens is also uh, popping in the model as well. And then Justin Jefferson has uh, been underperforming a little bit as well. He's a highly efficient player. His P10 efficiency in the model is 134.7, which is you know basically he's performing 134% um, in the previous 10 games prior to the you know the span that the model looks at. So that's one thing we look at. Uh, is how good of a player and how efficient of a player was the player before their little swoon. And he's having a little bit of swoon, but, uh, you know, could could uh, break out and have a, a nice game, catching a couple touchdowns or at least one touchdown. And then finally, uh, just got to keep mentioning him until we have to sort of redact him. That's a, a hat tip to Josh Herbsmeyer, who uh, did the buy low model at uh, 4 for 4 uh, a while back. Um he, after at a certain point, he just sort of, sort of gave up on players. But I, you know, Kyle Pitts um, has the second most air yards at his position. You know, I, people ask me, "Do would you cut him?" And I, I would not. I think he's too talented. And you, maybe you bench him and stream the position for a while. But given the nature of the tight end position this year, I, I just can't see t- uh, cutting a talent like Kyle Pitts unless you know I have a bench of like two or something. Uh, He's just too good, and he did well last year, and I think they have to figure this out if they're going to try to you know, continue to compete this year. They're running the ball. You know, they're running, they're, they're running the ball well, and I think they threw – I think they threw what? They either had – I think Mariota had seven completions or something last week. If they're, if they're running the ball well, Arthur Smith is not going to put the ball in the air much. You know, so I, I've got Kyle Pitts. I understand the frustration. I kept him, as you know, John. He was one of my keepers, and I would do, I would do it again. 
they're going to be behind. They're probably going to be, I hope he plays this week. It doesn't seem like he will, but they're going to be behind in games and you know, then they're going to have to put the ball in the air a lot more. So I think Pitts is going to be fine when it's all said and done. I, in fact, I would be looking at acquire him, honestly, you know, you probably yeah, get I mean, yeah, perhaps as a buy low. Uh, the other thing I want to note on that breakout receiver model is that this week, uh, Jeff Hicks over at 444 took that over. So he's uh, getting the data from Kevin Zetlukel. Uh, I'm getting it as well. I'm using it in my rankings. Uh, but Jeff is going to be writing that up and sort of giving a fantasy spin on some of these players because, you know, the model is great, but it's just pure numbers. Uh, there's no fantasy context to it. So it doesn't know if there's a quarterback change. It doesn't know if there's a, a receiver coming back or if the player is injured, like, you know, Kyle Pitts. Like, I mean, Sterling Shepard's popping in the model this week. We know he's not going to play. Uh, so there needs to be some fantasy context to it. And uh, Jeff Hicks is going to write that up weekly. It's one of my favorite, uh, you know, articles or, you know, models to have because it does just show that some of these underperforming players um, are getting the usage that they need. And the situation like Pitts, especially like there's easy to write him off because he's just, you know, hasn't had much production at all, but the usage is there. So it's those underlying fundamentals that typically will regress. And and in this way, uh, in in this manner, probably regress positively. Uh, And, you know, he gets back to where he's sort of a normal uh, 100% P10 type of of a producer. And then all of a sudden he's back in the top five, top four uh, fantasy tight ends. So, you know, those are the, if, if the player is getting no usage um, or very low usage, we can see it in the model as well and and say, okay, it is time probably to cut this player because he's not seeing any air yards. He's not seeing as many routes run, et cetera. Yeah, I'd be very surprised if we're still talking about Kyle Pitts being a massive disappointment as the year rolls on. It's going to take a little while, of course, but it's going to take a little patience. But, uh, you know, we'll continue to, to kind of monitor that. Don't forget, go to 44.com if you, if you don't have a subscription – Everything that we're talking about in this in this podcast, it's just expanded on. I mean, you get John's complete rankings. You get all of the articles that we produce at 444.com, uh, whether it's DFS betting or year-long related breakout model. I mean, the, the content is fantastic. Uh, a lot of times, you know, I get, I'll get i start to get yelled at a little bit on, on Sundays um, because I'm spending a little bit too much time dive, diving into all the content that we have. Uh, but I, I love it, and I know a lot of subscribers have won their, their leagues and have won DFS because of it. So, uh, John, keep keep up the great work. And if you want to give John a follow on Twitter, at 444 underscore John, I'm at Anthony Salter, if you're so inclined. We appreciate everybody listening, watching the Most After Podcast. We'll be back next Friday from the 6th. Everybody, good luck this weekend.